Yeah, well, is it gloom and doom or not? Depends. It depends, I, I think, on the kind of story that you have. It's changed our way of buying. The people that, that would used to come in here with their books, boy, we'd buy quite a bit. All prices would vary. Now, people will bring in a book that's been published within the last 30 years. Maybe it's a Putnam or Simon & Schuster where they published a gazillion of them. You know darn well, you don't even have to look it up. It'll be online for a penny. Because they make yeah. the money off the mailing. Exactly. Because there's every Tom, Dick, and Harry doing that scanning. and. But again, I didn't want to talk about that part of it. I mean, I am interested in um, just the idea of what I did. I brought some books in. They're all in pretty good condition. Mm -hmm. They're... It was a lot of literature, literature and you had some yeah. nonfiction. We're good with literature. Nonfiction's probably better here, right, okay. especially we've got the military history, philosophy, and science are really good. Art and photography. Okay. Those are like our top areas. Top but selling areas. Tops. Well, we like it the most. Right. So we buy the yeah. most of that. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I don't know because of where we're located. We tried to hit. Your average person, we wanted to have something for everybody that walked in the store. Anyone Just because you've read. got a lot of walk-in yes. tra traffic. Right, right. right. Okay. So we thought, okay, the paperbacks that sell really well here, we've got two campuses on either side, college campuses, yeah. so literature would sell really well. The history, somewhat, depended if it was being used in a class, but otherwise I found that literature sold the best. If it's, well, if it's on a class reading list. Right. Whereas the history reading list, that was kind of a hit and miss, so we didn't concentrate. We just kind of looked at it and thought... Then we'd move into hardbacks because we wanted to utilize the space for hardcovers first if we could. Just space-wise, we had the shelves built, hardback bookcases and paperback bookcases throughout the store. But I, I've heard that paperbacks really are the ones that sell. Somewhat. For, just it because they're easy, more convenient to carry around for reading, and read. For reading. So hardcover fiction. Collecting. Right. Hardcover fiction, which would be, let's say, say James Mitchell because he's on my mind right yeah. now. So they reprint something of his, and somebody walks in here with a nice hardcover edition of it. I may or may not buy it. I usually just buy them in first editions, period. Yeah. And even that, sell them for 10 or 12 50 as a first edition. So there's, there are fewer <coughs> collectors out there, you think? No, or? no, it's, it's got to be a first edition, but the, your average person that wants to read Mitchner, they'll want the convenience of the paperback, which right. is what you were saying. They're not going to want the hardcover. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a whole different market. The other thing is remainders. Well, sorry, it's a whole oh, different sorry. market because when you started out, you used to, which was when? Well, the store started 45 years ago okay. as a bookstore, and then we came in 27 years ago, and then we sort of changed it to, it's still a general bookstore, but really broadened and strengthened some areas, kind of did away with some others. What's happened with your buying philosophy with people walking in is you, you, would, uh, you used to purchase a lot more, right. but because of the introduction of the internet. And You've got to look for books that are more uncommon. Not necessarily rare, but just uncommon. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of those in the last 30 years. Because of the large printing runs. Right. And the fact that they're easily available online. Right. And they're online for ridiculously Some of them are small amounts of money. Yes. And they make the money off the, off the mailing. Mm -hmm. So what's changed then is, well, first of all, people that bring in books aren't going to be as as happy, or at least as... They're not. You know, there's a chain in this area, and I don't know if you interviewed them, Half Price Books? No, no, I have this. Okay, they're, they're a chain. They're all over here. And they came in, they moved down there about six blocks away from us, 
probably on Snelling. On Snelling, yeah. maybe 15, 20 years ago. Okay. And um, their advertising worked to bring more people to our store, but they were, they were a remainder bookstore. They yeah. were fed by Texas Bookman, and then whatever books just happen to walk in their store, they don't go out. They won't go out to buy estates. Yeah. They're they're pretty unknowledgeable. Mm -hmm. But of course now with this, they're probably this very knowledgeable. Yes. Tell them. But but what the value what, of right. book is. Um, but they might not need it because they pay so little for books. Okay. You can bring in a really nice, rare Toni Morrison. I think I saw one at their shop, Sulu. Yeah, that's... Yes. And they... Um, the first edition. Yeah. And I'll bet you they paid a dime for it. They're wow. known for buying it really cheap. Yeah. They just act... They act like the books are kind of garbagey. Okay. And they just stack them all up and they leave them all packed up for people and they go a buck a box or two bucks a box. So people talk about them, they go, we make the rounds, we come to this bookstore, this bookstore, this bookstore, and then the final heap goes there, and they buy them for nothing. Mm -hmm. And then they, um, I think it's a write-off, because there's a big book sale that takes place here every summer, and almost all the books came from their basements. Mm -hmm. gather them all up, and then I think it's a big tax write-off for them. Okay. But they pay very little for books that people walk in the door with. And if, if Texas Bookman owns them, then they get the remainders probably at a better rate than somebody like myself, because I could order the remainders too. Right, directly from the publishers? Directly or from or Texas Bookman, which 40% is off, which is the one that's own, that owns half-price books. So this isn't all gloom and doom for your business, though? As far as... The impact of the, of the Internet on your purchasing books that come through the door. Now? Okay, we used to... If a book would come in... And we knew it was a really good book, whatever the price is, whether it's a good $10 book over and over again or a good $250 book over and over again. We would just always buy it, and we'd buy it compared to you know what we'd be selling it for. We'd always figure out a percentage, a third, yeah, yeah. something like that okay. with what the book was. That's what's changed. Because a lot of these books, these $10 books that we used to pay $250 for, mm. they're like a buck now. That you, that you buy them for. And, yeah. and you don't have to pay more. And no. Because if I wanted that particular book, more than likely I could go online and find it, like I said, for a penny or for a buck. Yeah. And then you'd pay the shipping. And it's had an impact on people who bring their books in t to you, which is not good for, the, for them. No. How then has your business fared as a result of the Internet? We have started to list a lot of books online, too. Mm -hmm. We have had to. Mm -hmm. We don't sell that much online. We're more of an open shop. Okay. We sell more to people that walk in here. Mm -hmm. But being online takes up all my time. It takes up every bit of my time. Uh, I've been talking to other booksellers who will keep their online inventory out of the store yeah. because they don't want to have to, you know, if they sell something and then it's gone for the person who's bought it online, mm -hmm. there's, a tr there's a problem. You, You're penalized by it. The, the different book sites like ABE and the Libris, yeah. if, if you yeah. drop below a certain 85% rating, then they will send you a little warning, okay. and then they'll take you off it. Yeah. So, so do you keep them the inventory Some we separate? do. Some yeah. we do. Okay. Um, but but a lot of ours, we again, no. There's a lot of books that, out, that are out there. But then there's a problem. If you had this kind of, like if I keep my inventory back here, there's very few people that come back here to look at these books. My Amazon books are completely separated from the rest of the stock. Mm -hmm. And Amazon, I, I find, at this point, Amazon sells best to students. Textbooks so, and things like that? Not textbooks, but just related textbooks. Okay. Somewhat related. Right. I don't know. Amazon's pretty big. 
it's it's pretty well, they just big. bought a abe books yeah you know? so less competition yes but. and abe just bought out the people that did our web page which is what a company chrislands they they chrislands design web pages for bookstores oh do they yes small but it was nice they yeah. you all kind of have the same format yeah. and then it's a way to list your books and it's a way to avoid somebody else taking a 15 or a 20 percent and it's not just 15 or 20 percent it's also a monthly fee for listing yes, on, on those sites but how's your business then? The the internet's been sort of going pretty strong now for right. at least ten years. It's what it it goes down every year. It goes down ten to twenty percent every year. Yeah, there was a peak in '93 when it was really good, and the minute the internet hit, it was like you know flatline, and then it just dropped. And then of course after 9/11, it was even hit more. Why is that? I don't know. 9/11. It just it was it really affected sales of books. What an odd connection. I know, but it was true. You'd think that people, people would want to come in and, and learn more about what's going no, on in the world. No. Well, it certainly didn't happen here. It was just dead around here. Comic sales, which was, which is a really big part of our business, we used to sell 450 X-Men a month. We sell 20 a month now. Comic sales, the prices have gone up. Is it all online then now? Or? Yes, you can order your comics new. Okay. Direct. We had a store around here, it was Schinders, and they had a, at least 14 stores in the suburbs and all over, and they dealt with new comics and new magazines. When they went out of business, the guy got in trouble with mm. the law, so every one of the shops closed up. I thought we would get some of their comics, some of their magazine people fall over. Our draws didn't go up at all. They just went comics. to the net? Or right. I, I guess. Yeah, there's a couple other comic stores, maybe they went there, but you can... You can just order your comics direct. There's no reason to go into a store and pick them out anymore. But, so there's the other internet thing for the comics. That <laughs> combined with, you, you've mentioned prior to us being taped, that, that there's all sorts of individuals who go into book sales with scanners that scan the ISBN number, and, and then they're able to tell if it's worthwhile for them to pay 3 or $4, and then they can make a... Uh, profit by putting it at that value on their site or through ABE or whatever it is and then adding the mail charge so they would make a little bit of money. The proliferation of those people. Brick and mortar, store, mortar stores have dropped. This year, I think there was two that shut down. The year before that, two that I know of, there could have been more. The year before that, there were seven that closed. These are used, used bookstores. Any of these stores that have closed their doors, there's three last year actually that I know of, mm -hmm. any of these people that have closed their doors take their inventory home with them. They'll try to have a sale, they'll try to go out of business, and every one of them goes, but I'm going to keep the upper 10% of my stock. With the stuff they love. Not necessarily, the stuff that they think they can make money on. By so they're not going to put on that on sale. Right. right. So they pull that and they're filling up their basements. But at least they're a legitimate bookseller. I mean, at least they earned it. Yeah. I don't have a problem with people working out of their homes if that's what people choose to do. Yeah. It's just that what I think was a profession at one time is no longer one. What we'll have now with the internet is we have people that walk in and they'll come in with an old copy of Anna Green Gables and they'll say, I saw this on eBay, you know, and it's $500, but I'll let mine go and you're looking at it, it's grass at Dunlap and you're thinking, hmm, gee, I got one on my shelf for $3. Here you go. But a lot of them won't believe you. We'll also get the people with the stickers on every one of the books that they've tried to sell. And then they'll come in and they'll say, well, we want a percentage of this. And I said, well, 
where are you coming in on these? And which price did you pick? The highest? Mm -hmm. The middle? Because for us, and I'll bet you this is true with anybody that, that's making it in a, a bookstore today, you have to come in at the low end. You have mm -hmm. to, or mm -hmm. you won't sell yours. Because each day, each minute, there are actually machines that are hooked up to Amazon that if you list a book for $10, it's, it's triggered in there. There'll be nine ninety nine within two minutes. You, oh, you, the other one, the other sellers have If they happen to have that, that sort of gadget, right? Right, right. So they can do that. Uh, it's just cut, price cut you automatically. Mm -hmm. So we didn't want to talk gloom and doom, though, but that sounds pretty gloomy. Yeah, it does. It is. Okay. During the holidays, it's been kind of good. And I wonder if it's just because we find the people that love our store the most are people from out of town. And they'll come in and they'll say, we wish we had something like you yeah. where we live. I look around and I think, well, you probably did at one time, but it, it, it's real hard to keep it going. We, we've done this as a labor of love. We make money. We make our salaries on it. We have enough to pay our employees, but we've cut back. We used to have, uh, I don't know, four full-time employees besides ourselves, and now we're just down to a couple part-timers and ourselves. We just work more hours. But you're still loving it. Of course. So you're making a living doing what you love, right. which is the envy of the How big can you beat that? Right. right. That's the, that's the that is it. good side of right. it. And you foresee being able to make a decent living doing what you love for the foreseeable future. No. I don't. But that might not have anything to do with the Internet, and that might just have to do with the city. Um, the city of St. Paul, even though everyone is hurting, the whole economy is kaput, they want to run an 11-mile strip of a light rail right down University Avenue. Oh, okay, so it's just location as much as anything that's... Mm -hmm. so and you, if you they do, they're removing all the existing parking, lo uh, parking meters, the whole strip. Okay. If they do... It'll be three years of construction where no one will have access to your building. How do you survive that? there's no conversation? No. I guess the question is, you can still make a, a living doing what you love, which is running a bricks-and-mortar bookstore. It's just that it isn't as profitable as it once was. Yes, and I don't think it's very good for anyone right now to try to open it. Maybe it'll get better. I think it would be extremely difficult to open up a used bookstore at this point. You'd have to have a lot of money if you're going to buy an existing one, or a lot of, maybe I shouldn't say a lot of money, but it would be really hard to start now. Because I, I look at this store too and I think, I don't know if there'd be anybody around to, that would want to purchase it. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be like everybody else. Sell it out, start selling the books and have a big book sale. And and yet the thing is, this is so sad. These places are such wonderful kind of oases of uh, just a place to, to be quiet and cont contemplative. And uh, they're just lovely parts of the community that that just doesn't work itself into the equation, unfortunately. You know, it does. does those, it? it still does. It still does. The people that care, I, I love watching the looks on people's faces when they come in here. You know the ones, they just use bookstores. It's like... It's so one place you can walk into and you can greet people and tell by the look on their face if they want to be left alone, and a lot of them do. Oh, the yeah. ones that really love books, they want to be left alone. They want to go yeah. to where their favorite books are, or favorite genre or whatever, is, and, and get to that quickly so they can see what's there. Yeah. 
Yeah. I and I still do see that on people, and I really do see it during this season right now. It could be where we're located. I don't know what you heard from other stores. We've worked really hard for 27 plus years, whatever it is. I don't know. Could even be more than that now. Would I do it all over again? Yep. You bet I would. Yeah. You know. And do I love it? And will I love it to the day we have to close? Yes. And it makes me really sad to think that that day would come because I thought I would be incredibly old by the time. I yeah. love to deal with people. I love, not only can I help people, but when they come in here and talk to me about certain books, it's like, how would I have ever discovered yeah. that? It's an education for it you, is. too. It is. So, yeah. I mean, really, it's the best of people. That is low. To have a business be located here, hmm. we don't really get a lot of thievery. We just don't. I don't think people steal books. Well, they, they do steal them. Um, William Burroughs and Bukowski. Okay. They get stolen, yes. We used to, we keep the Bukowskis by the desk, the paperbacks, because I found we have ceiling tiles like this upstairs in literature, and we were cleaning up there, yeah. and the, the duster was going up there, and it popped it open, and I saw a stack of books. They were all Charles Bukowski's up there. That's, I don't some, think someone had actually put them up there? Hit them up there. Maybe they were coming back to get some money, and maybe oh, they were just sitting up the there and shelves. reading. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, but that was kind of funny to find that upstairs so I you know it it really was a good life and the thing I like too is we do a little bit of everything it's fun dealing with the rare books too but that's a very small segment of people that yeah. like to read I love the whole bigger picture of it well there's so much to you know you'll never stop learning which is so much fun I know and uh, if, you know if there are, are fewer and fewer of these wonderful places to just hang out in won't there be a, a demand for at least some of them to stay open? Maybe. And maybe new ones will fill in and take over for it. Mm -hmm. But books seem to be going down on what people want to spend their money on. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think to myself, we've got really good libraries. They're free. When it comes to cutting... It's funny, though. If it's in your blood, it's in your I blood. Know. Well, I hope... You really have to look at the generations coming up yeah. when you have kids that are just basically raised on the computer mm -hmm. and when they're pushing that new gadget. Kindle. Thank you. Yeah. But on the other hand, there's uh, my daughter who's 11. She mm -hmm. just, uh, her class just did a project where they wrote the book, mm -hmm. they stitched it, they put the cover we on did it, the same they thing. did the yes. presentation of it. Yes. And they do that over at the book, uh, Open, Open Book, mm -hmm. uh, the, the Center for the, the Book Arts. Mm -hmm. Uh, here they bring classes in all the time to do exactly that. So that's one fostering of some appreciation for the actual physicality of the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope it doesn't uh, die out with us. Yeah. Me too. You want to say something upbeat then? I don't know. I couldn't imagine a life without reading. Mm -hmm. More than the collecting aspect, just reading. I could not imagine a life without it. I think the people that miss it somehow in life, that never catch it, that never have that one book mm. that grabs them. I think it's a life not worth even living. And you know what? How else, how else can you live all these lives? None of us can. I mean, we kind of get stuck in some kind of a rut. Mm. And sure, we can reinvent ourselves and do different things with our life, but each night you could sit down and you can be in a safari in Africa. Mm. You can be in the 20,000, 50 science fiction 
You can go back, you can go forward. Well, and the other thing too is you can watch all sorts of movies that give you that, but there isn't the participation, there isn't the, the deep, deeply felt emotion that's involved when your own brain is actually working at it, creating the scenes. Mm -hmm. and that's the, 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 the How do you make imagery in movies? How do you jump for a sentence? How, you know, when something just hits you, when it sends that shock up you and your hair stands on end, mm -hmm. you know, no, I, movies are good, but there's just something about a well-turned word. Yeah. Thank you for turning well-placed words with us. Uh, I've been speaking with... Kathy Stransky. And uh, you and your husband own... Midway Bookstore. In St. Yes. Paul, Minnesota. That's right. Thanks again. Yeah, thank you.